Hello and welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. My name's Hussein. My name is Phoebe. Uh, and we are joined this week for, from Vienna by uh, Annie Rauder. Uh, Annie is the author and creator of Depths of Wikipedia, which is a uh, it's it's an Instagram page, it's a Twitter page, it's a TikTok page as well, but it's also a set of live shows. Uh, and it's really, uh, I, Annie will kind of describe it a lot better than I will, but it's one of my favorite pages in the sense that like, it kind of uncovers very unexpected, really interesting and often extremely funny Wikipedia pages and citations uh, that you would just not find anywhere else. Uh, Annie, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good. Uh, I wish I was in Vienna and not <laughs> yeah. in this cubby in the WeWork where I record this show. Yeah, I'm a I'm a brand new Vienna fan. Um, I had never been here before, and it's so beautiful. It looks like the architecture of San Francisco, mm. but everyone's speaking German, and it's really clean. And then there's just like massive opera houses all around. I- I'm a fan. Food's re- the food's supposed to be really good as well in Vienna. It's a cool place. I've never, I've never, um, I've never been. Have you ever been to Vienna? He said only for two days, oh, and okay. I was there on like a reporting trip, so I didn't really get to actually like see Vienna as a tourist, uh, mm. except for like a few hours. So I like hung out in like a park where I was just too tired to process anything. But I did have like an excellent, uh, excellent coffee when I was there. That's what I remember from it. So uh, when I go back, I'll try find it again uh, and, it'll be, and it'll be great. Uh, but no, Annie, thank you for joining us and thank you for hanging out inside recording a podcast on one of the few days that you have off from uh, what you were saying was sort of like, not a tour, but you're sort of doing some Wikipedia related projects. Well, I'm going to three conferences in three weeks. And so I'm in Europe and my travel's been paid for, but I wanted to um, spend the the weekdays in between um, mm. seeing new places. So I'm in Vienna and I'm writing my book, sort of. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, we won't take up too much of your like time like we sort of have for a break. But what I, what I guess to start off this conversation, um, I'm sure like people people like have probably come across depths of Wikipedia in some form. Um, and I would really like to know, like the backstory behind how you started it, why you started it. Um, from what I understand, you've had like a fascination with Wikipedia for a long time. So, uh, yeah. How, how did it all sort of come together? It was just a pandemic thing. It's not a good story. I was just kind of bored and I started editing Wikipedia a lot more than I had before. I'd always edited small stuff, but I started editing like, like, you know, making articles or like deleting articles or putting my fun facts on the front page of Wikipedia on the little did you know section. So I was like, all right, this is a whole culture. Also, I was stumbling across these really cool areas. And so I put them on Instagram. And then I lost my job. So I had a lot more time to commit to the bit. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) after like, I don't know, six months or so, Mm. kind of took off. And then it turned into now the Instagram's really not that popping now just because my heart's not in it. I just am <laughs> way more passionate about like Wikipedia education and like how to get people editing Wikipedia and like the editor numbers are declining. Um, mm. Interesting. And it's it's like, I don't the you know, the biggest and most accessible source of information that humanity has ever had. So 
I'm really into that sort of thing. And I'm writing the book and I do live comedy shows that are like variety shows that are sort of Wikipedia themed loosely. So I just kind of turned into a wiki lady, but I do still keep up the account. Oh. <laughs> Quite funny, actually. The uh, It's also the origin story of this show. We both lost our, both lost our jobs at the start of the pandemic and had a lot more time to commit to the bit. And here we are. Here we yeah, are. we're still doing it, and here uh, we are. <laughs> we're all doing. We're still like doing the bit. We're still, do- we're still doing are... the bit, and now the bit is our. And now the bit is our job that we have to explain yeah. to elderly relatives. It's great. Yeah, and we have like conference meet. We have conference calls and stuff. Uh, so like, I don't know. I don't know at what point is the conference call the bit? Like, is the spreadsheet <laughs> stuff the bit? I don't know. I don't know. I have so many spreadsheets now. <laughs> I was really interested, Annie, and you were talking about, so you were, you were doing Wikipedia editing and that's sort of like a world that I don't really know too much about. Um, I imagine a lot of people don't really too, know too much about. I think we like, we take Wikipedia for granted mm. and often sort of forget, but like the editor, like, you know, not only does it sort of rely on volunteers, but it relies on volunteers who some, sort of like really have to believe in the mission of Wikipedia and like the ideas of like open access and the rights of open access. Before we get into those sorts of like broader conversations, I wanted to ask about just, yeah, what what's it like being like a Wikipedia editor? Um, you know, how, do you, how did you sort of get into that? And I guess like also, why is it that Wikipedia is struggling to find editors? Is it the case that like people kind of believe that they have to be kind of smart, like they have to, they have to have like a certain level of education to be able to do that. Like, what, what, what's the thinking behind uh, people maybe not knowing or not uh, kind of volunteering to be editors on Wikipedia? Well, there are still a lot of editors, and so it's a little misleading to be like, oh, it's falling off a cliff. It's just <laughs> tr- been trending down for a long time, and so what you have is this core group of super editors who are writing a ton of the content. And that happens on all sorts of user-generated um, projects. Why are editors going down? Um, there's no like reason because they don't track your data. And so there's really no way to take a survey of every single editor. But when they do do surveys, um, they don't get a great response rate. So honestly, that's kind of boring. I'm not even going to mention those, res- <laughs> those responses. I think, I mean, what people talk about is just um, with like guideline creep, if you want to write an article, um, there's so many guidelines and they're distributed that they're not in one place. And it's very difficult to like search. How do I make something bold? Like a really, really, really basic stuff, thing like that, which requires you to use wiki text, which is basically HTML, but not, you can also use a thing called the visual editor, but anyway, Finding out answers to stuff like that sometimes takes a really long time because it's like not one central uh, place where there are guidelines. Mm. It's all these other places. And it's been a project that's been cobbled together, kind of like a house that gets an addition like every few minutes. And so you have all these discussions and then some guidelines are relevant and some are irrelevant. And then there's also a guideline that says ignore all rules. And so I think if you're a new editor, it's really, really easy to do something wrong because you didn't know. Mm. And it's also really easy to not do anything because you're scared of getting something wrong. Also, people are a little bit mean and I really love them, but it's just not a place where people are going to be like, hey, girl, awesome (laughs) attempt, but your editor, your, you know, your edits 
We're not that constructive, but try again soon. Would love to see you back. It's not like that at all. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's all sorts of reasons. Also, yeah. people just are doing other stuff and the internet stopped feeling like this, um, you know, the hacker ethos of like 2001. Mm. It's a little bit harder to find these days when the internet feels a little yeah. bit more corporate and you forget that it's all just a bunch of people mm. working yeah. together. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people don't really fully appreciate just how much of like digital infrastructure was built by kind of people making use of kind of open source. Open it is source built. Like it's maintained still. I was just yeah, like, I'm blabbing. No, 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 not at all. It's super interesting. And it's, I, I think that just like a lot of people don't know that. I think that if you, do, if you, if you don't think about it that often, which obviously most people don't, but we do because it's our, because it's it's our job to think about it. You would like you would absolutely think that like contemporary digital infrastructure is built by Jeff Bezos. That's what you would think. Um, and I think and I think it's really important. I think it's really important to like to remind ourselves constantly that that's not the case. Yeah, and the amount of maintenance that's required is really astounding. I was just at a the Wikimedia Hackathon, which is the first one in three years that was in person, um, and I'm like. I've I've done a few technical tasks, but I'm much more into content editing. And even mm. that, it's like, I'm an okay editor, but I, I'm just kind of the person that ended up talking about it a lot. There are other people that have millions of edits. But I, I talked to this guy who, who um, spent the weekend updating uh, Kiwix, which is a uh, an organization that allows you to download off on Wikipedia. And it's used all over the place, like in rural classrooms without internet access. It's been used in submarines. It's been used, they, they drop flash drives in North Korea um, with offline Wikipedia and the Korean language. So it's kind of everywhere. And um, it, it, there was a dependency. There was a software that was going to be um, phased out. And so he just spent the weekend like updating it to, to use a new software. I didn't ask the details here, but it was fun because at the end of the weekend, it was like, okay, what did you do? And for him, it was like, okay, here's my before and after picture. It looks exactly the same. And it was an extraordinary amount of work to make it like that. That's, 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 that's so interesting and so impressive as well. Um, so what, like, what, what, got, what got you into the idea of, um, of both at, like, being, like being a Wikipedia editor, but also like founding um, the Depths of Wikipedia account? Just like in general, is there like, do you have like a kind of like a spe like a kind of special interest that that you kind of really got into kind of like correcting other people's errors about? Or was it more just like the idea of this kind of source of information and like you wanting to be involved in maintaining it? I just don't have a good answer to the question. And I think that most Wikipedia editors I talk to feel the same way. Like, it's just kind of like I just did it. it, it it's kind of like, I, I don't know, like, why do you do anything? I just like had been doing a little bit for a long time. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I just got more into it. It feels powerful. Yeah. You feel like you have power. Mm. I mean, as someone who kind of as like, a, like following the account and just the things that I sort of find quite interesting in that a, lo a lot of that sort of comes with seeing stuff that's like almost unexpected. And it was speaking to something that you had mentioned earlier, which was um, that I think I think like your account and just even sort of kind of kind of randomly browsing through Wikipedia every so often it's like one of the few places where it's like oh you can kind of like learn something new and learn something interesting and unexpected 
um which is to say that like i feel like that was kind of the mode of which you would explore or when you would sort of go online back in and you know again i'm trying not to go into the trap of like over romanticization but i do think that like in the sort of like 2000s when a lot of us were kind of introduced to the idea of the internet being part of our lives one of the sort of like reasons for doing so was because you could like learn new things and meet new people um and also just like learn or kind of really experience like unexpected things that would be quite exciting and i feel like it's so different now where almost like the opposite is true we kind of like do the same stuff online we kind of see the same people almost have the same conversations in like a cycle and so in a in, in a strange way i feel like look see whenever i kind of come across the uh, the depths of wikipedia account and you sort of like just you, you know you will see something unexpected it's almost a reminder of that kind of that broader idea but like no like no the internet can be fun and it should be fun mm. and it can be really interesting and but like in order for that to happen that is very much a choice and again as you mentioned sort of earlier on like the kind of cho- the, the internet that was sort of fun and unexpected was so because of like this army of like volunteers this army like people who were doing stuff without any real sort of like commercial incentive uh who kind of believed the same thing and so it's almost yeah, I, I would sort of say that like your account is a really good reminder of what the internet like partly was, but also what it could be uh, in the face of a very kind of like flattened, uh, repetitive, and you know you get what you sort of expect version of online existence that I feel like we're currently we currently exist in. I do think that I don't get what I expect. I just haven't gotten there. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm always getting like wowed. I'll find a new Discord and I'll be like, "This is amazing. This has existed the whole time." So I I don't know. I I'm just I, I don't want to I don't want to say that it's gone. Maybe you're built different. I, I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like yeah. You know, I I'm online and and you know we've spoken every so often about oh you know is being online kind of as like fun or is it as fun as it used to be or are we just sort of like used to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but like when you are online, because you've like because you're really good at finding stuff or at least posting stuff that I would never kind of think about searching for in a million years, right? And I've got like a few examples that I'll read out in a second. Um, do you when you're going on the internet, are you looking like are you actively looking for things that are like new and in, like interesting to you, or are they things that as you sort of just like go through your day to day tasks, you just sort of come across? Okay, that's such a false dichotomy. That's just, I, I don't know. I, I like, I, I feel like I just go about my life and I see interesting stuff and then I collect them. It's, it's, I, I don't, sometimes I'll go on the internet and I'll be like, oh, you know, I'm kind of wondering about snail facts. Maybe there's something, something interesting here and I'll go and I'll read because I'm curious. But that doesn't feel very different from like, I don't know, maybe I'm like, scrolling and then I accidentally see a snail fact and I'm like oh that's interesting I, I don't know I, I, I maybe I'm just a maybe I'm just misunderstanding maybe I'm really sleep deprived here no, I just feel like no no you no, you, no, you totally you totally get it yeah I, I don't know I, I I'm now just like really questioning how I how I how I use the internet and whether I should really be looking up some snail facts um when I was going through uh some of the recent posts of do you have any good sna- we- do you have any good snail facts or is yeah, that, was that just an example do you have do you have um, any good snail facts? Well, uh, not really. I'm trying to learn more about snails. They send love darts, which is kind of romantic. Oh, um, I like that. 
And I was just reading a New Yorker cartoon. Re- re- I wasn't really reading it, I guess. It was pretty <laughs> short. but um, And it was a snail that's looking at a tape dispenser being like, I don't care if she's a tape dispenser. I still love her. Um, and it's by, I think, Sam Gross. I think that's his name. And he's a cartoonist who just died. So after that cartoon, I was reading all about snail mating and love. And I really don't have that many fun facts other than the the love darts. Well, that's de- that's definitely a new that's definitely a new one for me. Like, I think I think I think what Hussein was trying to get at um, was like quite a lot of um, I suppose what you would call like what you would call like meme accounts because like you don't really run a meme account like not really I wouldn't I wouldn't just des- I wouldn't describe it as that but I think it kind of probably like would collapse into the kind of the genre of of meme accounts if someone was like kind of descri- if someone was like describing it. Um, when as like as soon as they as soon as they get big, there starts to feel like a kind of uh, sense of kind of almost like almost like kind of artificiality and like like kind of mercenariness about it. And I think that this is what is so great about Debts of Wikipedia that it's just never it never feels like that. It always feels really organic and like something that you have just like stumbled upon maybe while looking for something else, maybe while thinking about something else, or maybe that you've like explicitly searched for and then it sort of takes you down a kind of interesting rabbit hole and like a screen and a screenshot from it is like it's charming or funny or like or, or or whatever. Um so I think I think that I think that's what I think that's what Hussein was getting at. Yeah. Well I'm so yeah. glad because I sometimes feel like <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, man, I, I, don't, I don't know how many more Wikipedia fun facts I can pretend to, to <laughs> like care about. Anyway. Can, um, I, can I read a few of like my favorite ones that, uh, well, like favorite recent ones that I found on the uh, Depth of Wikipedia Twitter page? Oh yeah, I saw you put these in the doc. I think these are just the three most recent ones, not to call you out. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, the, my my favorite of the most recent ones. Uh, there's okay. like quite a lot, but there's one that you was. You can cut in... that out if if that was no, 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 if that no, was no, mean. I feel, no, I feel like no, I feel like if anything, if anything, <laughs> anything Devin's probably going to keep that in. Has to stay in. <laughs> yeah, it has to be the promo. No, okay, all right. They are my, they are like there is one in particular that even if it was posted today, it would still be my favorite, and I'm going to leave that to the last one. Right. So the first one. Uh, mailing children, so the the mailing of people weighing less than fifty pounds, uh, twenty three kilograms, uh, i.e., children, was occasionally practiced due to legal ambiguity when the United States first introduced the domestic uh, domestic parcel post in nineteen thirteen, but was restricted by nineteen fourteen. The children were carried along by mail carriers, but were not put in boxes. Yeah, that last sentence really makes you 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 wonder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was going on there? <laughs> uh, the second one, Bear Surprise. Uh, Bear Surprise, often dubbed Just Surprise, is a watercolor painting by the American painter and musician John Lurie, the style of which has been described as primitive and naive. The, paint, the painting depicts a couple having sex in the meadow with a bear standing in front of him with four paws in the distinctive position. And the bear is sort of like, the hands are sort of going up and I can't actually read what the bear is saying. Oh no, see, there's a speech bubble. Uh, the, bear's, the, the painting has a speech bubble from the bear which reads quote surprise yeah mm-hmm. what yeah what i don't really have that say? much to say about this <laughs> yeah, one because it's kind of visual but mm. i just liked it because it was a russian meme that i don't think is like it doesn't really make sense to me and i'm not sure if it should which is kind of 
That's kind of where online comedy seems to be going. Like when the joke is that you don't even know what the punchline is. Yeah. I just like the bear saying surprise. I thought it was, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> what is really funny to look at. Um, it's also like, if I'm remembering right, it's drawn as if it's like a second grade art project. Like it's yeah, very it's crude. Like, yeah, like a ch- it's like sort of like a child. Like, a, yeah, this is very much like a child's drawing, except for when you realize like the content of it should. If, if a child did draw that, then it would be very, very deeply disturbing. Um <laughs> But I'm just focusing on the bear saying surprise. I thought that was funny, okay? Um, and then my third one... Third <laughs> Sorry one. for roasting you for choosing a thing that literally I like posted yesterday, like or uh, last week or something. No, it, just goes to, it just goes to show what a fan he is. Like, it's just like... It's- like every single thing that you post, like yeah, just like jump on top of it. Uh, like, you make it like, so easy. I'm gonna think about this every time I'm posting stuff. I said my face. Look, you can tag I have me. At least you, one fan. Yeah. You can tag me if you want, and I'll like retweet everything you post. Um, no, I did say my favorite of the most recent ones that you have posted. Okay, and what I am gonna add to this is that even if you posted this literally an hour before we recorded, this would still be one of my favorite posts that you have ever done. Uh, the dill burrito. The dill burrito was a vegan microwave burrito introduced in 1999 by Scott Adams Foods Inc. Uh, Scott Adams, friend of the show, uh, and named after the comic strip character Dilbert. The product went out of production in 2003. The dill burrito is a Dilbert burrito. It it it's it's so funny, and I just no. This is great. This is such a great. This is such a great Wikipedia post. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna start compiling the list of uh like short-lived brand products that don't make any sense um there you know who do you have, do you know hooters the the like yeah. restaurant with the big yeah, yeah. boob waitresses yeah they yeah. had an airline briefly that oh, went wow. out of business what i just think that <laughs> um yeah like seeing the corporate failures that like you do that they totally should have seen coming yeah. is kind of funny also like yeah uh, a right wing cartoon making microwave burritos that were like super overpriced how random is that it was also in a random and and also just in a cardboard box i feel like very like deeply unsettling to like (laughs) uh take out your take out your dill burrito box and put it in the mic like put it in the microwave this is the this Um, is the thing like i don't know that much about product development or um, or like how or how these things kind of come to market like I assume someone comes up with the idea I assume they focus group it I assume they have to do market research what I want to know is what the market research looked like for the dill burrito that's what that's what I would like to like to know so if you have any any information on that then please do (laughs) then please do send it my way because um I think that's I think that's really I think that's really interesting um do you want to know some of my want to know some of my favorite um favorite depths of Wikipedia? Um, this is yes. this, you actually posted this like three days ago, so I think that I'm I, wow I ten thousand posts and yet you guys can only scroll through twenty. <laughs> I'm just like, kidding. We, might, we might I really don't care. We might have read ten thousand posts, but we have very short attention spans. Now this one is from like this one was from last <laughs> year, and I think this is just I think this is just a really really just rich thing and i'm really excited about um finding out some more about it and it is the uh, lolcat bible translation project um which was a project started in july uh, 2007 uh, by martin grondon where editors aim to 
rewrite the entire Bible in lolcat in lolcat speak. That's horrible. It's again, it's like it's it's extraordinary that someone that someone is spending their time. They're spending their time doing this. I don't think that this is. I don't think this is what Mary Oliver meant when she asked what you would do with your one wild and precious <laughs> life. I don't think this is. What, I don't think. I don't think that this is what. I don't want to judge, but I don't think that this is what she meant. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit from from the Lolcat Bible Translation Project because I actually think that this is like, in terms of like digital archiving and. Um, and like and like a kind of and a, and a linguistic and cultural object, the idea of having one of these like kind of for the you know in the in, in the Western world on these central organizing texts rewritten in rewritten in this in this lingui- in this linguistic frame, which is so specifically of its time, which like if somebody spoke to you like they speak in the Bible, that would seem less off than someone who posted. <laughs> in lolcats now in 2023 and that is what i think is interesting in terms of like degradation of culture and degradation of communicative form um so yeah okay so the boarded ceiling cat is making earths and stuff oh (laughs) (laughs) oh it's genesis oh god it really is it's really it's really good it's so good it's got a little picture as well of the ceiling cat like creating to universe um oh hi <laughs> into beginning ceiling cat made it to skies and to earths but he did not eat it dim to earths no had shapes and had it a dark face and ceiling cat rose invisible bike over the waters at start no has light and ceiling cat says i can has light <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I hate this like, so much. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, uh, 29, 11. I has plans for you, says Lord. Plans so you can have more cheeseburger is good cheeseburger too. So no worry, Kay. Um, I am so interested in like dated memes and like degraded mimetic culture. Like the other day, some... Somebody like somebody I know who is like a very very nice person and is the it's is like a really really good example of someone who thinks that they are very online but a very but like a very online person would would absolutely think of them as being like a kind of an ultra normie and that is an interesting tension I think and they sent me the uh, it's gonna be you should have them on the pod well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't for very good reasons, for very good reasons. Um, but yeah, they sent they sent me the it's gonna be May meme mm-hmm. with, the, with the Justin Timberlake. Yeah, oh, well, they sent it to a group chat that I'm in with them, and I and and I was like, well, that's interesting. I haven't seen that for a very very long time, and like everyone else in the chat was like saying, oh my god, that's like. That's like amazing. Like, where did you get that? And it's like, what do you mean? Where he he got it in two thousand and fourteen. That's where he got it. Like, what do you what do you mean? Where did it? What do you mean? Where'd you get it? Um, and and I and I just and I think and I think it's interesting, the idea that you could you could be in two thousand and seven and you know because you have seen 
um, linguistic empires and ways of communicating through the internet and forums and message boards and sort of styles of styles of expressing yourself. You've seen them rise and fall, but for some reason you think, no, the one that is going to endure is the lolcat. That's that's the one that. 20 years from now, that's how everyone's going to be speaking. And weirdly, it's sort of how Musk speaks. It's like he's, he's like, people, people get, people get so kind of wound up about, you know, the fact that he is, you know, an insane, an insane billionaire who, who likes to kind of uh, boost fascists on the little, on the expensive megaphone that he's bought himself. But not enough is said about his interest in like linguistic archaeology, I think. And I think that's I think that's worth I think that's worth bringing up. Um, another one of another one of my favorites. Hang on, let me just find it. Da, 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 da. Oh, here we go. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Pig War, eighteen fifty nine. And the, and the reason I like it, um, as 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 discussed, Passim, I am the I am the pod's creature head. You know, come to me if you want to discuss creatures of any description big fan of pigs i think they're excellent um and uh the uh the uh so the subheadings for pig war 18, of 1859 uh before the pig pig and military escalation and that to me is a poem i think i think that is just so beautifully expressive. Like I'm not even interested in finding out what the pig war actually was, or like what because like before the pig pig military escalation that tells you everything that you need to know. This is a it's a it's a synoptic image, and I think it's and I think it's beautiful. I don't know what happened either, which is really bad because there's a YouTube video that explains it that's supposedly funny, and people send it to me all the time. But it's one of those things that I've gotten so many times that I. I'm just like, ugh, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to let this one wash over me. <laughs> I know all I, I need think, to know. I, I, exactly. All you need to know is that there was a period before pig, and then there was pig, and then there was the military escalation. Can you, can, you like, say, can you say that in like a lolcat, uh, lolcat terminology? You don't not have really. To. You no, really no don't because have to. like, no, there aren't enough words in it. No, there aren't yeah. enough it's, words. Can't be done. It's kind of like the guy who founded a pizza chain and then his Wikipedia subtitles were life, pizza, death. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, that's all. That's really all we need. <laughs> I think it's also one of those ones because it, it kind of makes me think of like other really interesting, like interesting uh, kind of esoteric um esoteric conflicts like the emu war which is um which i i'm a big fan of the emu war um which was a um it was an australian it was an australian um project but it was um it took place in the uh, either the 1930s or the 1920s it's like it's like it's a, it's a 20th century thing but it was it was the point of it was was to kind of deal with the kind of the overpopulation of of emus in in Australia, and it was a kind of a little pest control operation. But for some reason, the decision was made to uh, to carry it out as a as a military operation. So they sent in the army to to fight the emus, and I think that's I think that's very funny. 
Um, I'm just trying to think of how much of this comes down to, is this funny or not? Um, (laughs) Well, and then they lost. The emus won. Yeah, the emus won. Exactly. The emus won. Just like the orcas will win against people (laughs) trying to to, uh, uh, carry out incursions into into their seas with their yachts. So... Uncritical support for for comrade orca. Yeah, I do. I yeah, un, un, uncritical support for the orcas. Gladys uh, the orca. Position. How many times have you heard "eat the rich" and ignored it? Exactly. Well, the orcas. Well, the orcas yeah, the All orcas. Right? They are. They are. They are walking the walk. They're not just like. Oh, they're not just posting their little memes. They're taking. They're taking action. They are the uh, march on Wall Street. That's yeah. not enough for the orcas. No, How about no, no. munch, crunch, crunch on some yachts? <laughs> I did literally send the news story about the orcas to my to my boyfriend this morning, just with the caption "munch, munch, munch." So I think that that's I think that's um, I think that is that's that's fine. Um, were you a? I'm really interested in this. Actually, were you like? Uh, were you a fact collector when you were a kid? Were you one of those kids who was always sort of saying like, "Oh, did you know about this, that, and the other?" Um. Wow. I I I I think so. I think it's awesome how there's a window of time in kids' development where they'll just like their personality is. So just like regurgitating stuff they read in a book, mm. like they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, do you know that a pterodactyl can blah 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 blah?" So I definitely went through that phase. Um, I don't know. I read a lot of books. I was kind of, I, I feel like I wasn't that popular. And then in middle school, I definitely um, took off a little bit. And then you became a fact yeah. kid. You you're, you were a fact kid, and then middle school, and then and and now and now here you are. You're a Wikipedia scholar. So I feel yeah, like I think maybe I was like pretty gone normal back to the kind kid. of pre middle school. I don't think I got bullied. I don't think I was a bully. I don't think I was like super cool. Just but I don't think I was super weird. I don't know. I wish someone. You should have someone else on the pod to say what I was like. <laughs> well, we didn't, that's, we, yeah, that's, didn't have time yeah, to like, contact do that. one of your classmates to say. So, <laughs> what was what was she like? What about you, Hussein? Were you a were you a fact kid? Were you a, like a kind of a like a kind of esoteric? in esoteric interests mm, kid um i feel like i had weird interests but i don't think i was a fat kid but only in the sense that like i struggled to really remember stuff mm. um and so i wouldn't be able to sort of like determine like i wouldn't be able to like call off the top of my head like you know the dates of like these kind of things happen but i definitely had like sort of i i was i was well i i can't really remember like the kind of weird stuff i was i was very into like kind of occult weird stuff i like horror stuff i read Mm -hmm. uh and i would sort of vaguely remember i mean even now i can vaguely sort of remember what i was interested in but all of that sort of fizzled out when i was like 14 or 15 when i realized that like knowing all this stuff was impeding on any kind of semblance of gaining popularity and Uh therefore i had to abandon all of my interests uh, in order to be liked Aww. and so i'm kind of sad because i feel like i could have had i sort of been like no i'm just gonna keep learning facts so i'm keep just keep like reading things and you know all that stuff and i uh yeah i'd probably been a much more interesting person you just do this for just do this for the girlies that uh, yeah, kind of. Oh. Literally, that was it. Genuinely, I feel like at this point, it's like, yeah, I gave up so much of the stuff that I liked because I was just like the, trying to just, be just trying to be popular. 
Yeah, was I that- was also going to say that like when an interesting, an interesting, uh, interesting, a uh, new subset of this show could be like we invite the friends of our guests <laughs> on to sort of discuss what they what they were like in school. I think that could be really funny. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it, it could be that, reco- that. I think that. I think. I think that might require like quite a lot of like data protection <laughs> issues <laughs> um, if we try if we try to do yeah. that. So I just found another one of my one of my favorites, which is the list of informally met- named dinosaurs, and the main dinosaur is Alan the dinosaur. Oh my god! You can you can you can see that my um, my keenness is a kind of yeah, falling animals. into a kind of falling yeah, very much there's, into there's, a kind of a category. There's one yeah, from like I a just, way back. Sorry, come. I just wrote a Wikipedia article about a platypus that went to the Bronx Zoo and she was really highly publicized and she was supposed to reproduce because it would be the first platypus that reproduced outside of Australia, which there are lots of challenges like different climate and different, um, well, like, I mean, along with climate comes like, you know, the different breeding season and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, it was this highly anticipated thing. She goes to the zoo she has her partner Cecil with her and then she acts pregnant and everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's happening. They get 50 cameras to look in her little, apparently when platypuses are pregnant, they go into like a big dirt pile for a long time. So it's, a, it's you know, they think, hey, it's probably time. She's probably having these little platypus uh, babies. And so they, they excavate her dirt pile to check it out with, again, 50 news cameras. And she was just faking it. She was just like eating double rations oh and acting God. weird. <gasps> so it was kind of funny. We stand I mean, a queen. I know. And then, and then she escaped from the zoo and no one ever saw her again. Oh my God. Where's the movie? She's still out there. Where's the movie? I like, know. what the hell? <laughs> I, stumbled, I stumbled across this when I was just like in the, I was in the New York Public Library, like reading old. Uh, newspaper archives mm. um and sometimes i you're gonna like this phoebe sometimes i'll just search for a weird animal and see what was going on like in the 50s and i stumbled across that story and i was like wow i just want more people to talk about penelope the platypus is that her name put her on wikipedia oh my god yeah. oh <laughs> yeah okay i feel a I feel a I feel a snag <laughs> coming along now, the, re- the reason yeah, the reason i asked the, yeah, the reason i asked about like whether you were like a kind of a fact kid because um we've talked we've talked about this on the show before when we when we were talking about like uh, when we were talking about types of guys um mm. and about how when i was a when i was a child i was like i was like a really really kind of monomaniacal kind of type of guy for like periods of time and then like a new interest would snag my attention like I then as now I was always interested in like all kinds of different like different kind of things um and uh sort of like kind of like anything that wasn't strictly to do with like requiring me to do any kind of sums anything else I was just like this is interesting this is automatically interesting by you know just by it's just by its very nature but every so often something would just kind of just snag my brain and I would have to know everything it was possible for my seven-year-old mind to to sort of really kind of take in and it wasn't necessarily kind of subject matters like I got really really into um I got really into secret tracks on albums when I was like 12 and I like had this like like 
weird notebook. It was, it was a weird notebook. I've got to tell you, it was, it was peculiar. Um, I was very fortunate. I went to, I went to a, I went to a girls' school, so I was able to be like super peculiar without it like really kind of like bleeding out into like my social life because like the boys we knew were like outside of school so I could like just I knew to turn that shit off when when (laughs) boys were around then I was like when I was like safely like back within my school um then I could like you know be as peculiar as I wanted and that was like I think I think there are you know there are things that you could say about um about single sex education um, hey ladies, hey come ladies, check out the cut. secret track. <laughs> yeah, again, like I mean, like I'm not saying that the girls at my school didn't think it was peculiar, but they didn't think it was peculiar in a way that that imposed any social consequences on me. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we say? Um, and I just became really, really fascinated by uh, by this thing that it was it was a real thing at the time in like the late '90s that that uh, that people would put would record like an extra secret track and they would put them right at the end of albums so you'd only ever hear them if you like left an album running and and I kept this like yeah I kept this like big document which had like which had like <laughs> a list of every single secret track that ever existed and then um and then many 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 years later I read um visit from the goon squad which has a which has a um section about a um about a a a boy who has autism and has become fixated with uh, pauses in popular music and keeps a document of every single every single popular song that's ever been released that has like a pause of more than two seconds in it and i read this section and was just like interesting okay um not gonna knock too hard at that particular door but fine 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 um (laughs) and so yeah so i just so i just sort of wondered if you had a kind of if you had a kind of sort of sort of similar kind of sort of things that kind of snagged your attention like weaponry i got really into weaponry when i was like eight and i had this huge book about um the history of arms and armor and um and yeah and i'd like you know like for like for for show and tell i uh, when i yeah when i was about eight i um i can't believe i'm telling this story on mic actually oh well whatever okay um when i was about eight i uh i couldn't i tried to get hold of a um like a like a like one of those rifle bullets which you make, which you have to make yourself in a kind of in a in a kind of sort of nutcracker thing. I, I don't know where I thought I was going to get one of these, um, but I was un- I was unable I was unable to get one. I asked my dad if he would get me one, and he said, "I I don't even know where I would begin to begin to look." And I said, "Maybe like an antique shop or something." He said, "They don't just have just bullets." In, in antique shops um so what i ended up doing instead was i ended up drawing this quite detailed picture of how to of how to uh make uh make a bullet and then load a musket with it and i took it into school and showed the other kids the drawings i had done of the musket 
being mm. reloaded. So, yeah. Did you get in trouble? No. I thought this was going to end with you getting no, sent home. I didn't get. No, no, no. I didn't get in trouble. Presumably, it was pre. Embarrassing then. It's, I don't think pre- that's. I thought you were going to be like, and then the whole district had to shut down because it was a bomb threat. <laughs> um, well, that's how you know. Number one, it's not that's America. That's how you know it's no, the UK. No. Like it was more. It was more that it was just and, like it was just treated like it was yeah. like it was just treated like it was just like really, really peculiar. Um, and pre nine eleven as well. It was yeah, it was like pre post- yeah, it yeah. was pre it was pre nine it was pre nine eleven. Um, although having said that, even like post nine eleven, I feel like you could probably take in your drawings of a musket and probably not alert the attention of the authorities. I think you'd probably be probably be fine. But just the other the other eight year olds were just like, just kind of I don't know. I think it was the it was it was my first indication that maybe I should keep some of my special interests to myself a bit. (laughs) I think, I think, but I'll tell you this for nothing. That book had an incorrect piece of information in it, which is much more embarrassing because I've been going around telling people this for years, which was, um, you know, uh, William McKinley. Yeah. The president. Uh, Yeah. The, the, the president who was, um, was one of the four, Four presidents that were assassinated, right? I think so. Lincoln, McKinley, Kennedy, and then Garfield. Garfield, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> well done. You, you passed the passed. Wow, that, passed that I test. believe that you. I'm shocked <laughs> that as non-Americans, you were able to just fire off the four ones that got assassinated. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. Yeah, I could yeah, not yeah. do that for any anything else. Weird. Then special interests (laughs) um and it said and it said in this book i had this huge this huge book about arms and armor that um that mckinley had been assassinated with a lemon squeezer pistol and a lemon squeezer pistol it's really really cool it's um what it what it is is it's like it's a kind of metal it's kind of metal disc which you put in your palm and then the barrel goes through your fingers and you shoot it by squeezing the metal disc in your palm and um you and obviously you can you can keep it hidden you can keep it in a bag you can even keep it in a pocket and it said in my book that this was the this was the weapon that was used to assassinate William McKinley and I thought this was so fascinating that I would bring I'd bring this up all the time and it's not that long ago that I found out this information is incorrect he was assassinated by a completely regular, regular pistol. So you can imagine my disappointment when I found out. It wasn't a cool gun. No, it wasn't a cool gun at all. And there was this, there was disinformation in my arms and armor book. I feel we've maybe got off the point a little bit here. Um, <laughs> I do. There is there. It, no, there yeah. is. Um, before before we let Annie go, there is a. Um, there is a. What I think of as the definitive depths of Wikipedia uh, post that I want to talk about. It's not a creature one on this occasion. Um, it's just the one that feels like it has resonated the most in the kind of the wider posting community it's the one you see most often um it's the one that really seemed to kind of you know kind of again like while we're talking about like kind of like the way that people's interests get snagged it's the one that really snags them and it's the jester's privilege one um oh yeah which is the one yeah yeah which is the one that i think that i have seen 
reproduced and recreated and this is so cool this is so interesting um and also that it is now sort of become it's sort of kind of taken on a kind of mimetic life of its own so you so you quite often you quite often see it kind of like attached to attached to news stories say like so when someone thinks someone's being a clown um and do you remember how you do you remember how you came across Jester's privilege Hussein do you remember this I'm trying to find it because I'm sure I'll remember when I see it but I can't actually okay I'll find it for you it's like a person who can just kind of say whatever they want even if it's like dumb um cancel worthy etc just because they're a jester and nothing they say seems to matter um yeah, I don't know how I first found that. It's one of those principles that's like not scientific. So people in my comments who often like care a lot about provability will be like, well, that's not even real. It's a theory. But yeah, I mean, it resonates with people in an interesting way. Mm. I like the idea that it's a theory. Like, well, okay. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to expand on that any? Um, I mean, you could have studies. I'm just... I'm just imagining, you know, like you could have a study where you have someone assigned to be like the goofy guy and then someone assigned to be a very serious professor and then they both say a slur. This would be really problematic potentially, but then maybe like a focus group has to rate how offensive it was. And like, I mean, what, what if it was less offensive when it was part of a joke from the funny guy? I don't know. Actually, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of blabbing here. I don't think we need to do this. <laughs> also, maybe it's been done. I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to ask a bit a question just about like, because I'm really fascinated just with like your work with Wikipedia generally. And again, this is something that I've always been really keen to, well, like to kind of get under the hood a bit. How does the, um, how does the actual like process of like editing a Wikipedia page work? Like, is there a hierarchy in terms of like, and like editors are, you know, do you like if you're sort of like a volunteer, is, is it based on like your experience as an editor? Like how, how does that whole system work when it comes to like verifying information and then sort of updating information? Um, yeah, so there's like admins. And so if you do something that's really bad, like you add material that's clearly disruptive on purpose, then you might get banned or blocked. And so um, just like normal random people will patrol recent changes. And then if something's really bad and it's happening repeatedly, they'll flag you and admin will come block you. To become an admin, it's kind of like a big process these days. There's a really like a declining number of admins in English Wikipedia. I, I, by the way, I've talked about basically only English Wikipedia this whole time. There's 300 different yeah. languages. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't really know other, any other language well yeah, enough yeah. To, de- to read that Wikipedia. Yeah, but anyway, if you... Um, if you want to become an admin, you apply and then there's this massive discussion kind of like when they can confirm the Supreme Court justices. And then if you make it out unscathed, then you're an admin. And there's a few hundred of them. Do they like give you like tests and do, do like during that process, like do they just discuss like your kind of work as a junior? Like do they give you tests in terms of like figuring out whether you're like legit or not like how formal is that actual procedure of um being able to like become an admin it's all just a discussion from fellow editors and whoever wants to participate can so 
So they don't really give you, I'm pretty sure they don't really give you like, like, I don't think they're like, oh, like do this typing test, like do this. IQ. It's more just like, hey, I noticed that you reverted an edit in 2012 that was opinionated. And do you think that you are capable of editing in a way where politics aren't, you're not trying to push your politics yeah. on everyone, um, stuff like that. And then in terms of like, how do you ver- verify information? There's just this like long list of sources that are deemed appropriate for Wikipedia. And it's like constantly debated. Um, and if you have a statement that's unsourced, then it should either get deleted or like, at, you know, citation needed. Hmm. What kind of things do you use? Um, do you use for sources? Um, is it like a kind of com- is it like a combination of things, or um, is it like kind of other stuff like also like also tends to be online, or do you have like a bunch of reference books that you're kind of you know, using? Um, there's a list. Like if you search um, perennial uh, reliable sources, there's a list. And so for the most part, like you cannot use a tabloid. You cannot use someone's personal website unless it's like about their personal life mm-hmm. um it's i don't know i feel like there's a lot of guidelines it's like be wary of certain content in rolling stone but other content in rolling stone is fine or like don't use imdb because that's user generated mm-hmm. i feel like it's just a lot of like stuff like that has that kind of like changed as I think because like one of the things I was thinking about was as um you know just the nature of the internet like as it's on it becomes more like it feels a lot smaller where a lot of stuff is like sort of centered around social media uh and like user generated content and also where like in like you know you have like news organizations that like collapse and their archives get deleted and everything I imagine that becomes a lot harder then to sort of like verify certain bits of information so. Uh, has has the sort of like Wikipedia community like have, like have they sort of felt that change in any way like has that sort of changed the process of which in which like people kind of like put together pages or edit pages fact check them and so on um so there's a long going partnership I want to say like 10 years more than that between the internet archive and Wikipedia and so everything mm. that's cited um should go to a source that is archived because link rot is like a big problem and it's even worse than like, like a a good way to get a hoax up on Wikipedia, which don't do this, but if you're curious, it's to cite a book that's really obscure. Uh It's so rare that someone's going to go out of their way to go to the library to read a book that's not digitized just to check if a stranger's Wikipedia article that seems legit is actually legit. Uh And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of how it happens. Um, And so they actually discourage using books as sources because it's best if it's, well, and also, like, you get a lot of books that are, like, I don't, I don't know. This sounds like dumb, but books really, really vary in how reliable they are, and yeah, so right, yeah. it's harder to to have like guidelines when it comes to books, especially the really old books. Like some of those, like sixteen hundreds books, were just like random dudes writing whatever they wanted. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, particularly, like, particularly if you're, uh, if you're kind of citing any kind of like history or archeo- uh, like archaeology writing, like, um, what we used to get told is, don't is if you can avoid it, don't use anything written before like 1960 because you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna come, you're gonna come across some 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 theories which um, we do not want to see reproduced in your essays. 
thank you very much like particularly when it comes to like anything any kind of like anthropological subject um that was something which you just really had to take anything i'll kind of take it as a, with a, a serious pinch of salt but that was like a really kind of important part of um of studying history at like both undergraduate and postgraduate level which is like learning to like like kind of assess the merits of of the sort of not just like the ancient source material but also the source material about the ancient source material that was like a really important thing that we had to that we had to learn how to do um and uh yeah sorry i'm looking yeah. around the house to find my charger ah, okay. um, <laughs> but yeah i, I see you i see you on the, are... the wonder <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's just like really, really extensive discussions that go into more depth than you can imagine about like, oh, you know, here's a log of every time, um, say, the Wall Street Journal has issued a correction about its stock market articles, mm. stuff like that, where it's like, oh, my gosh, like these are the people watching the watchdogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm conscious about the time. And so I was wondering... Uh, should we, Annie? Should we wait until? Should we wait until Annie gets her charger and then we can ask for last? Yeah, question. yeah, yeah. Sure. I'll tell. I'll yeah, tell. Okay. I'll tell a little story while um while we're waiting for Annie to get her charger. Yeah. Um, sure. Uh, a long t- a long time ago, one of our one of our friends one of our friends that um, we went to university with, um, who um, God love him. Great, great guy. Quite peculiar guy. Um, which he would be the f- he would be the first to admit, and his um, his strongest his strongest desire his strongest wish was to have uh have his own wikipedia page and at the time wikipedia was a relatively new resource so uh you could put up a wikipedia page and it would take it would take like a second back in like 2006 or whenever this was um it would take a second for something to come down if it was if it was inaccurate so for his birthday um his housemates were like okay well what are we gonna what what are we gonna put him on wikipedia for what like what what's his what's his what's his wikipedia angle gonna be um and they came up with that he invented the emergency exit and so they wrote him a wikipedia page saying that he invented the emergency exit and then kind of presented it to him like presented the like presented this like computer with like his his own wikipedia page saying he invented the, the emergency exit for his birthday and he was just so touched and so and so happy <laughs> and yeah and it it was like it was up for like a day and a half before someone clocked it um because i suppose like the infrastructure was just like just not the same as it as it is now um but yeah that's my little <laughs> that's my little wikipedia story that's so funny oh also and somebody so- edited my school's wikipedia page um a little while ago to um insert some like honestly some like quite cringe stuff about hogwarts into it but again that stayed up for like a couple of days I'm so hardened by this because I'm the one that cleans it up. And so I just am like, th- there's nothing that could be less funny to me than, <laughs> than like putting Hogwarts bullshit into like, it's, oh, yeah. I know there are people to listening clear, to this. I who did, are probably, to be clear, I did not do this. Somebody, people, somebody else did this. 
to the people listening who are like, oh, that's so funny. I'm going to make my friend a Wikipedia article that's saying a lie about their life. (laughs) Just please consider, like literally, I'm not even joking. I'm sorry. I'm being such a cop right now. But just like consider that this is like the one thing we have, you know, it's like this is the one place we go online where we can like usually like sort of like have a little baseline level of trust that it's probably not totally far off and consider just consider photoshopping the joke, you know, Yeah. or or I don't know. Or yeah, make like yeah. a website that looks. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm just. I get so like. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not yeah. usually so principled about stuff in life, but because of being like a Wikipedia yeah. talking head, I'm always like, "Don't vandalize, <laughs> or else you will die." <laughs> but I think. But I think there's like a really good point to this, which is just like I think you're right in sort of saying that. Um, of all the places left online, but like there is sort of some semblance of trust to, especially like in these times. I feel like Wikipedia is probably like one of the few places where and it's not to say that like, you know, it hasn't sort of been brought into kind of culture war discourse or there hasn't been like accusations of like Wikipedia sort of uh, fa- like um, favoring some sources over others in like a political way. But it feels like one of the kind of few places online where um, there is at least uh, like a modicum of like, this is a place that is not neutral, I guess, isn't not the right word, but is can be posited as a sort of authority. And um, I, yeah, my, my sort of uh, my kind of like last question to you was uh, whether you kind of view wh- whether what your thoughts are on Wikipedia sort of being seen as this kind of um, authority online in terms of like determining uh, what's, tr- I guess, for like lack of a better phrase, like what's true and what isn't. Um, do you think that like that's at risk uh, or like Wikipedia's position is at risk as the sort of internet becomes smaller and more kind of monopolized by tech and social media um, who definitely like do have like much more clear political ambitions? I mean, in terms of reliability, like Wikipedia is remarkably good. And that said, it should not be a place that you cite. Everyone's so hung up about like, do we cite it? My teacher said I couldn't cite it. And Mm. it's like, oh my God, if you're doing any sort of um, research project, you shouldn't be citing a tertiary source at all. You should be citing what Wikipedia cites. So I just am like, I don't really have that much to say about the whole, like, do we cite it? But in terms of trust, I mean, yeah, it's like, um, the Atlantic called it in 2018 the last bastion of shared reality online Um, and it's kind of rare to find a place where you get crowdsourced information or like crowdsourced I don't know writing writing that's done in a group where you're not getting constantly like bombarded by point of view editing or like you know like culture wars, like craziness. Um, and, and it's just because it happens on Wikipedia, but there's just this like very intense and very human moderation system. So yeah, I mean, I think that Wikipedia is not perfect and there's a lot of things that it does poorly. Um, but as a whole, when you compare it to like, say a source of information like Twitter, yeah, it's a lot more cohesive and reliable. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like why I definitely sort of agree with you in the sense that, like, yeah, making 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 a fun Wikipedia page about your mate, like, a, like inventing <laughs> inventing the fire exit, but the or, emergency exit, uh, not just the fire the exit. There was yeah, only yeah, one sorry. exit. He cannot take sorry, responsibility. I, yeah. Fire exit. That's a different guy. That's a whole different guy. 
Yeah, I remember there was one where uh, someone, so it might get in my school, someone sort of made a Wikipedia page about another person. This, unfortunately, it was bullying, so I, I'm not endorsing it. But I do think the Wikipedia page for this person, uh, this person's grandfather was the town clown. I think was very like kind of quite a funny line. Um, and I don't think I don't think it like even passed the past the point where it sort of got published. Um, but I do definitely sympathize with the idea that like, well, yeah, this is kind of Wikipedia, I feel like is one of the last places we have in terms that really kind of at least has uh, upholds the sort of broader idea of um, open source information or open source structure, open source information, the idea that like, you know, we sort of exist as a collective online and therefore like there are sort of responsibilities and duties and things that we can do with that, especially to sort of challenge big tech. Uh, or like like be like big social media companies and big tech companies, and so it, to me it sort of feels like yeah like we should really be thinking about Wikipedia in that way and sort of show some respect towards it. Now now I'm sounding like a real evangelist, but <laughs> no, I was just with software people all weekend, so I've been I've been amidst a lot of like open source talk. It's cool. I mean, I think with like tech crowds, you get a lot more passion about open source just because they just deal with it more. Um, and and it's like if you're not paying attention to what sorts of programs are proprietary or not, you wouldn't know. Um, mm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think open source is so cool. And the Internet Archive rocks and all of these like unsung volunteers are maintaining like really old pieces of software and stuff like it's so cool and it's like one of the most um like there's just no glory in it no glory at all and so it, it amazes me it's, it like makes me really happy to mm, be yeah. a human on the internet <laughs> um phoebe do you have any last questions or should we wrap up i was just just weighing up whether or not i should um whether i should bring up my other favorite example of wikipedia vandalism but i suspect annie won't like it so <laughs> so i'm not going to i'm not going to i'm gonna leave it we'll, we'll leave we'll leave we'll leave that bit of wikipedia vandalism as a bit of a mystery um, it was like that is to it, say, it, like yeah. it like it was out like because this was like in 2018 so it was up for like i think it was up for like literally like half an hour but people took screenshots and it was it was it was just it was just it was just after the champions league final and um a Liverpool player called Loris Carius scored an own goal and somebody up some wag updated his Wikipedia to say Loris Carius plays for Real Madrid and changed it to I thought it was funny. I thought that was I I thought that I thought that <laughs> was who, funny. I can you know tell from no, I can tell from the so reception many... that I need to find a different audience for this <laughs> for this joke. But No, literally anyone else would be better. I just get so I don't know. I it's one way that I Wikipedia has broken me. I, I'm just like, uh, no. I mean, yeah. I look. I mean, another I, yeah. sports-related vandalism, the bane of my Sundays. Uh. I know. I t- I um, totally I totally get it in the sense that, like, I think as a, you know, for outsiders, there are things that you sort of find funny because you like passively see it and you don't have to deal with it. But then when you're sort of like inside the machine and you kind of have to deal with this stuff quite a lot, like. Yeah, I can I can totally see how this would be like you know just exhausting to like deal with once again. Mm. It would, yeah. So, when I worked at a school, I, there was this fifth grade teacher who'd been doing her job for like thirty years, and sometimes the fifth graders would say stuff that was like disrespectful, but in my opinion, super funny. So I was like a teacher aide, and at um 
lunch breaks or whatever, sometimes I would be like, oh, remember when they said this? Ha ha ha. And she would like become like just her whole, like she would just change and she'd get so angry or just serious, I guess, because she couldn't find it funny. Like she was like, that was so disrespectful to say in my classroom. And she was such a funny, like easygoing lady. And I was like, wow, I guess, you know, when you like spend years having to patrol certain things, you just, you really stop finding any crumb of entertainment in it. Yeah, I can super super imagine that. Um, And also like there are probably a lot of Liverpool fans who would, who like would very much agree with you on that front. So <laughs> everyone's, <laughs> yeah, everyone's red funny. line. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's red got, lines everyone's are different. Got their red li- everyone's got their red line. Everyone's got their red line. Not yeah. You can't always you can't you can't always follow yeah. Roy's rattling law. Not always. On and on that note, we should probably apologize first of all to Annie for various Wikipedia related antics of our past and how much oh, we had trouble. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no, it's, but thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, like, again, your account is really cool. And like, I'm sure lots of our listeners are probably familiar with it. What I was going to say is if there is, uh, is there, if, if people aren't familiar with the stuff that you do or not even familiar with the depth of Wiki- Wikipedia account, how can they find all those things? Mm, you can just follow me. If you want, or if you don't want to, it's fine. I have um, live shows going all around the US and then um, Europe, and that's going to be at the end of 2023 and early 2024. And what else? I post on the internet and and I'm writing a book. So in like a year and a half, check out your bookstores. <laughs> can, can, can I ask, are you doing any shows in London while you're doing your Europe tour? Yeah, probably January 2024, which is cool. in a really long time, but it's happening. No, it's great. I mean, like, number one, definitely I'm going to check that out. And yeah, also, sure. like, if you're in town, it'd be, and if you're in town, like, it'd be cool to, like, record with you again. Yeah, that'd be uh, fun. Yeah, I'll no. give you free tickets if I have um, awesome. comps, yeah. if I have a comp but, list. But that's all to say to the listeners right now, put January 2024 into your diaries, uh, or put <laughs> at least put Depth of Wikipedia show into your diary, uh, because, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be great. Um, thank you very much for listening to this episode of 10,000 Posts. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know where to follow me. Phoebe, do you want to plug anything? Um, yeah, subscribe to my Substack. Listen to Roamcast. Listen to Masters of Our Domain. You know, you know my plugs. You know what they are. You know what they are. All the plugs. Yeah, all the plugs. Uh, you know what they are. Speaking of plugs, we have a Patreon account. We, we post bonus content, uh, lots of interviews, film reviews, uh, really fun stuff. Also helps us to support and do the show, uh, which means that we can do it without ads. And also we can keep it editorially independent, which is really important. Uh, five bucks a month, you get access to all of that stuff and you really help us out. So that's on patreon.com forward slash 10k post podcast. Finally, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on earth. Listen to Kill James Bond, which is their podcast. If you don't do that already, it's very, very good. And yeah, until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.